like to go straight into the topic with a statement that's a bit ambiguous, a bit confusing, and a bit in the middle. Yeah. It's a statement that it's not an introductory statement. Yeah, something like polytheism and atheism is inherently beta. Yeah, something like that. No, and uh, this is what I've noticed. So this is my observation based on well, this observation was prompted by a few TikTok comments and uh, I think it solves a lot of the or it provides a framework to understand a lot of the almost allergic reactions that the masses have against Islam. It's not that they're theologically opposed to Islam. That's not what it is. I used to think that way because well, I didn't used to think of it specifically that way. I just thought that it's a function of them being incapable of reasoning about Islam. But it was never that. And then later on, I changed my position that it's an emotional reaction. But I, the nature of that emotional reaction was still hidden. So I'd say, oh, debates are useless and just focus on getting them to know you. But then I realized that it's not just the emotional reaction, there's a reason behind that emotional reaction and it's a fundamental difference which has less to do with religion and more to do with the, the main topic on our podcast. The masculinity. The masculinity. Side. So here's my position. If you, as a man of any religion, do not have at least respect for Islam and its principles, you are a beta. That's a sweeping generalization, but it's, this is hard fact. You cannot dispute this. If you dispute the respect of Islamic principles, you are, in effect, emasculated. So this is a test. If you are disrespecting Islam, not theologically, you might have theological contentions, which is a function of discussion and uh, reason and, and reflection, but if you disagree with its behavioral principles that it prescribes for men and women, the interaction between the genders, segregation of the genders, etc. If you disagree with any one of those, or if you lack respect for those, you are an emasculated beta cuck. That's the take. There's a common perception of, uh, within those red pill spheres, most of those guys, even though we disagree with them, they respect Islam. And this is a common thing. And you'll see Muslims who are emasculated go towards the liberal softer yeah. side but there's certain specific yeah there's media individuals the hollywood muslim hollywood type actors the thing is the whole voluntary emasculation we discussed earlier does not exclude muslims right so even though their theology is forcing them to be masculine they will still tend towards voluntary emasculation right? and they will reinterpret the scripture and the rulings to fit their emasculated desires desires yeah emasculated desires that's a that's the one emasculated desires yeah. yeah and now this ties into a lot of our and even on tiktok there's a few uh, there's a few comments bashing islam like there's some guys who've done their research yeah. in order to bash them but the responses i'm more disappointed with the responses that the muslims give I they're not jaw-breaking responses yeah in the sense that they they hedge it you know so there's that one thing saying that uh, why did God allow the prophet, peace be upon him, to marry nine wives? So the response to that is because he's God and he does what he wants. Yeah. And he's the prophet. He's a rank above you. 
you're a peasant. You're not a prophet. You get four. Be happy with that. And then on top of that, your religion or your worldview prescribes one and one fat, overweight feminist. So who are you to talk? Yeah, well, I mean, in Christ Christianity, like, is more towards the celibacy side, right? Yeah. And then atheism, like, I don't know, there's no worldview there to to discuss. I mean, they think we're exactly. primates. Yeah. You know, so. and, then, and then the other pattern that I've noticed is with their criticisms of Islam, almost every comment that criticizes it, I would have been like, yeah, that's true. Thank you very much. It's yeah. a compliment. So it's like, you don't let your women go outside and you force them to cover and you don't let them drive or whatever. Like you have control over them. I'm yeah. like, yes, I do. Thank you very much. Isn't that your whole complaint with women nowadays? <laughs> we agree with that. <laughs> it's like We're not trying to, but the, those kind of liberal Muslims will respond to that comment and hedge it. It's like, yeah. no, Islam doesn't really do this. Yeah, no, Saudi Arabia is just the exception. That's not really how it is supposed to be. We actually let women can be business run, can own businesses. There was too. one guy who said that, yeah. Yeah. So that's, they're both cucks, but one is a Muslim cuck, one is a non-Muslim cuck. And they're, they're cucking together. Yeah. It's like they reinterpret the, the past stories of Muslims in, in the modern lens. And then you can get some really weird ideas from that. You know? It's like the non-Muslim guy is saying, Islam is not emasculated enough for me. And then the Muslim guys, no, 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 Islam is emasculated. Here, let me explain why. Yeah. Yeah, so. that was, well, that was that. There's not much uh, really to it. Beta theology. Yeah. And you'll see that within religions too. So within Muslims, you'll have that split, like I mentioned. Within Christians, you'll have that. But then there's certain religions in which the entire, the entire set of it is beta. Like most of the idol-worshipping religions, by virtue by the nature of their theology, there's something fundamental, there's something fundamentally... Emasculated. Yeah, there's something fundamentally emasculated about worshipping idols. Because it's, it's a complete dismissal of reason and instinct. Yeah. So there's, there's two types of... Go yeah, ahead. Yeah, I was going to say, the thing is, I actually, I actually agree more with atheists in this sense, right? So if you're... If your rejection of Islam is that you deny the existence of a supreme being, I can take that. But if you deny the existence of a supreme being and then replace it with a bunch of, you know, horses and cows and, you know, minotaurs and whatever, you know, like weird things, that that's more absurd to me. And then start worshipping those as if... Yeah. I mean, that's also... I mean, they're yeah. both... To oppose that position a little bit, I would say that... And I agree with you for the most part. I would say that the atheists, they've replaced their idols are their own selves or their own desires, but they won't yeah. admit that. Yeah. But I get well, it. And I agree with that too. Like they're, they're, they're either nihilistic or completely. Yeah. Uh, but I think it's easier to have a discussion with an atheist than it is with a, with an idol worshiper. Yeah. They've departed from reason and instinct. Yeah. Cause at least the atheist has departed from reason, but not instinct because reason can be you can use your reason fallaciously, incorrectly. You can use your reason incorrectly to misinterpret. You can use your reason incorrectly to come to the wrong conclusions about uh, some kind of divine argument. But your instincts, they always push you towards monotheism. So from the idol worshiper point of view, their instincts are also kind of screwed up. You know, I think actually both sides are... Uh... Similar? I think both sides are actually due to a, an obsession with the self. Because when you have gods that are not all supreme, right? They're closer to humans. 
it makes human it makes humans seem more uh, elevated than you actually are. You're almost godlike, right? The only difference between you and the god is you know some certain attributes. But in Islam, Islam humbles you, right? You are nothing compared to the god. It's the like God is supreme in yeah. every aspect, and you are a human exclusively. You know, this gave me a thought. It's like the whole equalization thing. So they want to equalize children with their parents, husbands with their wives, prophets with people, and gods, gods with, people. or like gods from their point of view. Yeah. So this this whole ego thing, and it comes down from the Lucifer, the Iblis, the Shaitan, the devil's mentality of why should I uh, bow down to this human? I'm made of fire and he's made of clay. Yeah. So that whole perception that I'm better the verticality of species or the verticalities of rank. And uh, God is telling you, this is the vertical. I set it up because I'm God and that's it. And it's not contestable because reason and instinct both justify that setup. If you use your reason to think about why would a prophet have a higher rank and different rules, it makes perfect sense. Yeah. If you think about why do men have leadership over women, it makes perfect sense. If you think about why do women have authority over children, it makes perfect sense. So, the command structure, the divine command structure appeals to your rationality and to your instinct. And if you reject it, it's either emasculatory or illogical. There we go. That's a short right there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if there's too much to add here. Yeah, too well-formed. It's I didn't... too well-formed, yeah. I need like someone to interject a stupid question. Then we can respond. Yeah, no, I've been <laughs> thinking about this for the past three days when... I was editing because we didn't have much conversation. Yeah, so it gelled good. too much. Yeah. The idea was too well-formed. It's okay. Well-formed yeah, ideas good. are good. Yeah. So I was reinterpreting that first rule, never outshine the master, as never have a master that cannot that can be outshined. Right? Like internally, right? Never so, have a master that can be outshined. Yeah, that's but that's good luck with that. Well, it's like you don't have you don't have masters other. Oh, than you meant in divine, the master, yeah, other than divinity and prophets. Yeah, of course. Right? Never consider them your master. Yeah, Not half because exactly. you could be in an employed structure where you yeah. don't get to choose your yeah, logistical. I, know, I, know. I mean, it's it's a it's an impossibility, but yeah, yeah. No, I get what you're saying. Yeah, it's absolutely correct. Yeah. No, there was a specific point in that that related to it because it was, uh, but I, I lost it. Yeah. No, one thing that really stuck out to me from that book is like the whole mentality of giving people the benefit of the doubt and like actually being genuinely nice with them. Yeah. Because a lot of people will think, oh, then people will just take advantage of me. And then the guy's response to that is like, yeah, but there's very few people that will repeatedly take advantage of someone, right? They might take advantage of you once. And then once you call them out or like forgive them, they'll they'll be like oh like i took advantage of this guy and he forgave me and then and this is something that a lot of these guys misapply with their wives too yeah they think that if you allow certain things or you assume that it's 100 percent in your control then the woman will repeatedly do something and you'll somewhat allow it meaning you won't divorce her you won't leave her yeah. that she's gonna like get more and more towards no she will eventually she has a conscience too yeah and that's kind of like my short about everything is in the man's control. That's what I'm referring to with that. It means you have more social and you have more character influence than you think. Yeah. Or you have the ability to character mold and you should use that. I mean, that's what Goku does. He molds people's characters without intention. It's not like he sets out like this uh, SJW uh, virtue signaling thing. Yeah. I'm here to he save people. He no. doesn't actually virtue signal yeah. at all. Yeah. 
He doesn't even consider himself that. He just does it. It's a consequence of his interactions. Yeah. And that's what it should be. Yeah, molding people should never be the purpose of your interaction. It's the consequence. The moment it so. becomes the purpose, you cannot do it. Yeah. It's like if you aspire to be a leader, you're not fit to lead. Exactly. So leadership should be thrust upon you by others as a function of of you. Of you, yeah. Yeah, so we went. We went somewhere. Hmm. How does this, how would we tie this advice point into monotheism? I mean, that's it's ego gratification. Yeah, so we'll, we'll just do a hard tangent here. No, this, this secondary point that I wanted to discuss was, uh, it's something I've observed uh, for a few years, or maybe a lifetime, but it's this thing where people enjoy or get gratified, their ego gets gratified when they give you advice. So if you're doing some kind of task that people deem difficult, then you'll find that a lot of people who have never done this task, have no experience in this task, will provide you advice on how to do this task. But they themselves can't do it. Can't do it. do it. Yeah. So it's unsolicited, inept advice. But the problem, there's another layer to this in the sense that there are ways in which they could genuinely help you and facilitate that task. Those behaviors will not be done. Yeah. And that's the test for me. If there's a person who's doing those behaviors and then he's giving advice on top of that, I'll think, okay, yeah. So when I started uh, design freelancing, how can you assist me with that is by getting me client referrals. That's the max, that's the maximum assistant you can do. Very few people did that, right? It's like I can count on my fingers. It's the the same kind of behavior that the guys, if I if I claimed, if my wife claimed that she abused me, those kind of guys are the same guys yeah. here. Because what it is, in essence, is you're irritated or you're annoyed at this person's success. So by giving him a referral, you're furthering his success. But by giving him advice, you're in effect creating a vertical relationship in which you gave him some advice. And then if he succeeds, you can say, oh, remember I helped you out with this advice? Yeah. That's why he succeeded. Because of that tip I gave him, that's why he, he, had, he lands all these clients. I mean, so, advice giving in and of itself is a function of people viewing relationships as vertical. Yeah, right. but it's a parody when that vertical relationship is actually not justified. Yeah, it's inverted. Yeah. It's an inverted. If it's justifiable, it's still something to be critiqued from that psychological yeah. perspective. But we're saying here, this is, it's like the junior guy advising the senior guy. Yeah. It comes from, a, it's very common and, it's, and you have to catch it in yourself too because you might do this inadvertently because it's something that appeals to your base desires. But it's, it's common even amongst people who you think have the best of intentions because if you're not aware of this as a method of gratification, you will do it subconsciously, non-maliciously, I'd say. But, uh, but some might say maliciously. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's not a malicious thing. It's the outcome. To, to say that one isn't aware of the satisfaction that they feel doing that, I think... That's a bit of a stretch. Yeah, because... That's like the Goku stretch. Yeah, it's like, oh, I'm, I jerked off, but I didn't actually know I was I had an erection. It's like you Frieza know? blew up the Saiyan, the Saiyan planet. He didn't think it was homicide <laughs> yeah, it's or like, genocide. It's like you know exactly what you feel. And that this is kind of related to that trauma thing that I was talking with my wife. It's like those people will feel that enjoyment and they know that they're getting that satisfaction by being victims. There's no way they don't. 
I refuse to believe that. Maybe. Yeah, I think this comes from an EP naivism because yeah. me, your wife, Goku. Yeah, maybe I'm more, I'm less. You're more real. Yeah. So we kind of, we think, nah, they're like, we want to, you know how that whole assume the goodness in people? There's yeah. a limit to that too. Yeah. Be realistic with your assumption. <laughs> that that advice need, applies to people like me. <laughs> you should, it shouldn't apply to people like you because you're already in that direction. And what you know it know? does is it makes you, in, in my earlier uh, days in high school, I would get, I would misread people and find out later on that, oh, this guy was actually jealous and he was doing all these behaviors because I would assume they were good. I would reinterpret all their behaviors through this yeah. really odd lens that if you, if I were to explain to you, you're like, what, are you a retard? Yeah. That's what you thought? And it's happened over a few uh, scenarios where I've said, hey, I thought this person was like this. And you, you're like, what? <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so I've been brought down a bit more to, been grounded a bit more. Yeah, I think that's, it's actually... Yeah, it's hard to it's hard to balance that. It's like the kind of person who actually who who's like me and is more realistic wants to actually find people that aren't like that more and then someone who's very positive will kind of, you know, delude themselves into thinking all these people are actually really good. Yeah. So it's like so now to tie this advice giving thing into podcasting. Yeah. So the only person who's been genuinely helpful in this podcast is you. Because you're like, okay, let me spend thousands of dollars and buy the podcast equipment, and then let me spend hundreds of hours and record episodes. Yeah, well, I mean... So that means you're invested in the success of the this podcast. Now, I'm not saying that other people outside of this will have this degree of investment, yeah. but the point is that their behaviors should mirror yours if they want to claim assistance. So if your assistance does not... Involve the so there's a few people that directly assisted. We yeah. know. No, right? I want to add something to that. You yeah. know the Pareto principle with the where they were describing it as a square root of the number of people involved. The square root of two is more than one. So, oh, so it's like with two people, there can't be the eighty twenty rule doesn't really work because sure one guy will do will be doing more, but both people will have will be having a significant impact on. That's it. why partnerships are don't follow that rule yeah because i was yeah. thinking about that and i and i did a few numbers and i square rooted them and i was thinking of the pattern here and it's like the bigger you get the worse it gets yeah so really you want to stay in small crews and that's why because like, 80 20 is static exactly it doesn't make sense because if you have a million people the 20 percent is a lot of people and i i don't think even in a million size organization there's going to be that many key yeah, players square root of a million which makes it's more sense. it's more uh logarithmic or exponential or logarithmic, logarithmic yeah. scaling but it's funny because I was I always had this issue with the Pareto, and I would I've said this many times the 80 20 20 rule, meaning what I'm trying to do is like, no, it's not even 20% because that's huge. Because yeah. I think like in a hundred people are 20 people like really effective. No, it's like one or two. But I was like, no, there's something off here. So the inverse uh, square rule makes a lot more sense. Yeah. It also just doesn't it also doesn't make it so that it's only, you know, certain personality types. Because the 80 20 rule applies to those personality types and then you think like oh these are the superior personality types yeah you know? you know back to that advice ego thing i actually had an experience i don't want to say specific names or anything but there's an individual that i like really helped out with something right and this individual after i had done that thing he's like you know i don't think i would have done that for anyone the way you did and i was like that's kind of sad like at least after i help you out you should think like you know i would actually it's like even after receiving the person 
doesn't feel like they would ever want to do that for someone else. Well, he's just being honest, I guess. Yeah, but I guess. Yeah, people, but maybe he's he's inadvertently praising. Yeah, you. maybe he's trying to praise me in that like. That's how I would read it. Yeah, way. yeah. But I don't like that. Yeah, yeah, and and this ties into another thing: advice and praise and gratitude. They they all kind of tie into the. There's like this trifecta. Yeah. So people like to give advice and praise because advice and praise are similar in the sense that if I give advice to someone, then they're I, vertical. They're vertical yeah. because if I give advice to someone, I'm implying that I know enough about the subject that they can benefit. If I give praise to someone, I'm implying that I can evaluate the quality of their output. But gratitude is different. Yeah. Gratitude and assistance is what's needed. Advice and praise is not necessary. And that's why for what you mentioned about children, children will feel condescended to if you give them advice or praise. But praise, if it's genuine, praise has to be a function of gratitude, genuine excitement yeah. in the sense that I'm praising this because I enjoyed it so much. Yeah, you're not necessarily praising it. Yeah, let me let yeah. me rephrase that. I'm praising your ability to create gratitude and excitement inside me by virtue of what you did. Yeah. I'm not you're, praising your ability to do that yeah. task. You're displaying gratitude for the person's, for what emotions they evoked in yeah. you, right? So it's like if one of these amazing, like if you met in mourning, right, like the band, you would have gratitude towards them because you were like, you guys made such awesome music that we got to enjoy and uh, exactly praise them as like, yo, man, you guys are amazing guitarists, man. Yeah, Love that. or I wouldn't <laughs> like, say that. That riff was really creative. Yeah, that's like, that's kind of also condescending, actually, to say to it someone is. who's like way better at guitar than you. Is like, hey, man, that was a that was a pretty good riff you wrote there. Back in my day, I could have, you know. Yeah, but yeah, so. that's a little bit different, though, in the sense that I think consuming, understanding the quality of the output is not necessarily the same as being able to generate it. So I can curate good music. Yeah, but yeah, you could say it the other way. You could say it in a way that's misinterpreted, but also just because knowing that it can be ambiguous, knowing that it's an ambiguous statement, I would not phrase it like that. Yeah. Also, that's not what I would lead with, right? It's like if you're thirsty, you drink water, not mud. Sure, mud has some water in it, but you prefer water. So you lead with the most clearest communication, which, which most clearly communicates your intent. So my main intent is to show them how epic their music is for me in terms of enjoyment. Yeah. So I'm not going to lead with this evaluation or a plus that's why the whole film critic media critic thing is a joke like we'll give this movie a 10 out of 10 like who are you to evaluate that movie have you made a movie yeah and i think this also applies you know to tie it down to the theme of the podcast like in marriage right when with your wife gratitude actually works if it's actually warranted right if you actually required your wife to do a significant something significant and she actually does it, and you're actually thankful, then she'll feel that. But yeah. obviously, if you're just thanking her for doing absolutely nothing, then it's like... Yeah. What most em people do, words. they invert... Another flip is uh, apologies replace gratitude. So a lot of people will apologize for wasting your time or something. Oh, I'm sorry I'm wasted. I'm sorry I was late, or I'm sorry I wasted your time. What you should say is, oh, thanks... Thanks for your time. Or thanks for tolerating that I'm late. Yeah. Thanks for being patient with me. And you can thank them in different ways, but... Yeah. The point is not to apologize because if you're apologizing, it doesn't remove the act that you did. And then if you continue to do that task, that action, that behavior, then it's like a joke. So you're going to do this and then repeatedly apologize. And you yeah. think that cancels it out? How about I slap you twice a day and just say, I'm sorry right after? 
how would that make you feel? But if I if I slapped you every day, if I slapped you every day and said, "Oh, thank you for tolerating that slap," maybe that would work better. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, it reminds me of that Squid Game slap thing. Yeah. TV, TV man. Yeah. Advice, advice. There's a vice in there. Yeah. Are we giving advice? We are though. Yeah. yeah. But we are assuming vertical relationships here. Yeah. But we're telling them to challenge us and make it horizontal. Prove to us that it's horizontal. Yeah, true. That's what. Well, you have to communicate with us horizontally. That's that's, that's the, the whole point of uh, Goku fighting people. It's horizontal, but let's let's test it. Yeah. And he doesn't mean the relationship; he means the fight. Yeah. So when Vegeta comes, you're the Saiyan prince. Let's go. Even even if you defeat me, I still won't accept. I won't treat you as vertical, but I will understand why you think you're vertical. Yeah, and he does. He does behave that way with certain people, like he gives them not like a genuine kind of like internal vertical relationship, but he gives them that respect, that respect of competence. Not necessarily that you're a rank higher than me holistically, but it's that you've mastered yeah, some. Yeah, I mean, domain competence is something that exists. He gives them domain competence yeah. respect. That's one thing actually that people won't like to give. They don't. They want to give. They want to treat people vertically wholesale right like i'm an elder is an elder in all domains and therefore he's better than you at relationships he's better than you at reading he's better than you at everything because domain competence respect can contradict traditional vertical structures exactly so if you assume whatever cultural norms traditional structures there are and then you find someone who's beneath you in that structure and they have more domain competence you will not respect them for that in fact you'll that, be you'll that be, entire rule never outshine your master is a function of domain competence being exposed exactly. to real yeah yeah and that makes it very difficult for you if you if you're an old sage with life experience yeah. but your life experience has been shit yeah so if you're and that's that's what this is all about this is the crux of the beta They've lived longer, but they've lived wrong. Yeah, this is the standard beta move. Is like, oh, you're still young, you know. Life experience is not a function of age. It's a function of actual things that you've done. That's why even even though I have, like I could say, oh, I've been married for 10 years, I wouldn't lead with that. Yeah. I would say these are my ideas and they've worked for me. Test them. Use your reason and instinct to test and challenge the validity of my ideas. If you can break them, break them. But if not, then they might break you. <laughs> <laughs>